Hey everybody, it's Dan. Welcome or welcome back to the Bridge Church Podcast. Please, at the end of this podcast, take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Head over to thebridgelive.org and find access to all of our church information. Plus, it's the easiest way to share content with a friend and keep up with everything going on around here at the Bridge Church. But most importantly, I hope you find the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey, getting from where you are to where you want to be. Cross that bridge. Enjoy. Well, good morning, everybody. It's Sunday, May 10th, 2020. We're calling this week nine of the COVID-19 lockdown. It just is dragging on forever. (laughs) Amen. Hey, things are starting to break loose, though. If you look around, there is uh, more people out, more people out driving around, more people out uh, at the stores, and uh, that's a good thing. Uh, And it's Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all our mothers. And uh, I want to tell you right now, men and boys, uh, if you If you do not call your mother today, you're going to die. Let me just put that out there. Call your mama. Hug your mama and tell her you love her, right? And uh, if you don't have a mother like me, call somebody else's mother and wish them a happy Mother's Day. Flowers are nice. Lunch is nice. Barbecue is nice. Listen, being a mother is the most thankless hardest, least paid, overwhelming uh, job on the planet. And honestly, they get celebrated one day a year. Mother's Day should be like once a month. That's why I'm putting it out there. Okay, are you ready? Once a month, we're going to celebrate Mother's Day. All right, good luck with that one. (laughs) But happy Mother's Day to all our mothers. Um, Praise God for you. Uh, The world would be a bigger mess without you. Okay. Uh, we thank you and we, we love you very much. So anyway, uh, the governor has released churches to meet, which is a good thing, uh, staying within the guidelines of um, the COVID-19 CDC rules, uh, which is a good thing um, for us uh, and the way our church is designed. Uh, that works right into our favor with uh, the CDC um guidelines because social distancing is kind of automatic the way we set up our tables and our chairs and things like that so that's a good thing the bad news is the community center is still closed for uh because it's a gym um they are meeting they are discussing and uh i want to just watch your email watch your text uh as soon as we know some news uh we're going to jump right on this channel and tell you all about it right uh again we're shooting for May 31st, being our first day back. Uh, that's not set in stone. That's not anything. That's just what we're hoping for, right? And that's what our prayer is uh, here at the at the church and the home office uh, where we've been meeting for nine weeks, right? Uh, going on this week, uh, Wednesday night, She Reads Truth, Pastor Michelle. Uh, I believe that gathering is happening here at the house. So uh, that'll be here Um Friday night, the gathering, uh, the Bible study with Chase is going to be here at the house as well. Uh, right below, you can see there's like three weeks of living a logos. You can catch up on the attributes of God. And uh, also like, subscribe to the channel, uh, to the podcast, all that stuff. You can find it on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, all the platforms. Uh, like and subscribe. That way uh, it ends up right in your uh, text that there's a brand new episode again any questions any comments uh, anything like that uh, info at the bridge live.org or you can text 801-391-6969 amen uh, if you choose to give today and you want to sow into the bridge church uh, text bridge live to 77977 uh, you can cruise over to the website. The uh, migration has been complete from PayPal to PushPay. Uh, that's www.thebridgelive.org. Or uh, throw in an envelope, right? If you don't have any uh, envelopes, I keep wanting to tell you this, and you come to the gathering or you come to uh, She Reads Truth or any church event, 
uh, let us know. We can put some offering envelopes right in your hand. They're pre-addressed. You just got to put a stamp on them, right? Uh, or you can mail it to P.O. Box 95985, South Jordan, Utah, 84095. Amen. So happy Mother's Day, moms. Um, get to a, a gathering group. It's it's good to begin to see some faces out there and, uh, and enjoy ourselves a little bit. The weather has been amazing. Uh, I just want to, to help you, you know, get outside in some sunshine and, um, you know, just have some fun and smile a little bit. Things are getting better. Hey, in 1 Samuel 17, verse 40, uh, one of my favorite verses in all the word of God, it says this. It's talking about David. And, um, and you've heard this verse before. It says, then he took a staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook or from the river, right? And then he put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had and his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. So this is obviously the story of David and Goliath, right? And all of us got giants in our life. Okay, and, and it's interesting how the word never says you're never going to encounter a giant and everything's going to be great and you can just cruise through your life, get rich, live comfortable, and then everybody's going to be healthy all the time and then you'll die, right? And go to heaven, everything's going to be great. Well, that's far from the truth, right? There's always a giant. But my question is, why did David put five stones in his pouch when he only needed one? Right? Well, Scholars have debated these things for, for years and years and years. And, you know, some of the scholars have come up with maybe this is a reference to the fivefold ministry, meaning the church, right? They got apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Maybe each one of those stones represented the, the one of those fivefold ministry gifts, gifts. And the church was designed to knock down giants right others see a picture of maybe remember the the in matthew 25 the parable of the 10 virgins only five of those virgins uh, had oil in their lamps were were ready for the bridegroom well I, I don't know about that one still others think um maybe the books of moses the first five books of moses right it could represent that um now, another scholar has, has thrown out there the fact that maybe the brook that he gets the stones from uh, is representative of the Holy Spirit, and, uh, and it comes with love, power, and wisdom. Those are three attributes of the Holy Ghost, while others hold that the five stones could represent the law of God or the word of God. Now, go with me for a second, because this is kind of where I'm at on this thing. The word of God, the five stones, the word of God coming from the river of the spirit provide balance uh, needed for victorious living. Everybody wants to be victorious and you're going to encounter giants, you know, and maybe you should, you know, you're like, pastor, you should be more positive. Well, I'm positive you're going to encounter a giant in your life. So being full of the word and having the spirit of God is is will knock down any giant which tries to invade. Remember, we're sealed by a bloodline. Any kind of sickness or disease or giant or problems or issues are trespassing. They're invading and crossing and, 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 and trying to conquer what God has purchased. And that's illegal. And it's the promised land right here, right? All of us. So let's throw this together here real quick. If we take... The, the Bible, the uh, think about this for a second. Uh, it says in 2 Samuel 22-ish, uh, I believe, that the, the giant of Gath, the one David slew, had four sons, right? Remember, David picked up five stones and he only needed one. But then it says here that the, the giant Goliath had four sons. What if David, in all his wisdom, was preparing to uh, uh, preparing for complete victory by loading up on the word. Remember those stones in, in my theology, those stones represent scripture, okay? So he went to the spirit flow of the river, right? From the spirit, got five stones that I believe represent scripture. He had five scriptures that he based it around to knock this giant down. What if he was loading up on the word, he took five verses filled from the river of the spirit 
to, to handle these issues, to handle the issue of Goliath. And then he used the other four, okay, to fend off any possible offspring issues from the main problem that arose out of this issue. So he was prepared in season and out because your giant usually will bring a host of issues with it. So just having one scripture or one stone to take down the giant, you need more than that because the host of issues that come with the giant, amen somebody, need to be dealt with too. So I believe David picked up five because he knew it only take one to take out Goliath, but it took four more to handle the issues that went around him, right? God is going to help us to use wisdom and foresight in all of our planning, all of it. And the issues of life that arise, we got the word of God and the river of the spirit that we're learning about today to knock these things down. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. All right, it's part three of the Spirit of God series. And uh, we're going to call this, um, what does it mean to be filled with the spirit? What's that look like, right? And uh, before we get to that, I want to encourage you to, jo to join me in John 14. Uh, we're going to start right there. Um, but before we do that, um, uh, I want to covet your prayers today. Uh, I've just the bad news uh, keeps flowing in uh, from uh, other ministers and pastors around the, the United States. Uh, uh, there's a, a he really I've never met Darren Patrick. Uh, but he is a distance mentor of mine. Uh, I listen to his podcast called uh, The Pastor's Collective that he does with another pastor. And they just talk about pastoral issues and things like that. Um, he's been through a lot. And, uh, you know, he's just been a distance mentor to me. I have a number of those guys that I follow and read their books and things like that. Well, he, he was uh, he had an accident at a shooting range and accidentally uh had a self-inflicted gunshot wound and they ruled out suicide it wasn't that it was an accident at a gun range and uh he passed away last thursday and um you know it's been tough for the community of uh in the ministry community you know pastors with the covid thing that you know we have that happening uh you know we've had a, a pastor in uh nashville area who died by suicide just recently um, and now this. So uh, Darren Patrick was known through the art community, uh, through, uh, you know, ministry circles for the victory he walked in his life after some um, downfalls in 2016. So uh, pray for the Patrick family and uh, everybody surrounded with that thing. He was only 49. He had young children. So uh, pray for them. And then, of course, if you haven't heard, uh, Ravi Zacharias, who Again, his work in, in just uh, um, uh, apostolizing and, and evangelizing and just being able to communicate with people uh, across ministry lines and, and, get, and showing people just the love of God. Well, he was diagnosed with uh, uncurable cancer in his back. Uh, he, he's at home. He lives in Atlanta. Um, we believe that Jesus is the, the healer and Jesus is our Lord. So pray for Ravi and his family um, that uh, Jesus continues to move in that uh, and that um, he will be back up and around um, traveling. He travels like 350 days a year or something like that, that he can get back to it and keep leading people to the kingdom because he is one of God, God's generals in the kingdom. Amen. So let's pray and then uh, we'll jump into what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father. And Lord God, we lift up every mother, every mother on this planet today on Mother's Day, God, and we just lay them on the altar of God where the blood of Jesus is. And Father, for every mom who, who has been struggling with their children, for every mom who's been struggling in a marriage, for every mom who uh, maybe can't be a mom and they're trying and trying and they're travailing in prayer for a baby, and for every mom, Lord, who maybe has lost a child this Mother's Day, Father, we lay him on the altar of God where the blood of Jesus is, the healing, whole, inclusive power 
of the blood of Jesus. Just wash them clean today, Father. Clean their hearts. Uh, encourage them today. And Father, we lift them up, Father, that you would um, encourage and empower these ladies to, to press on, Lord, and fill them with your Holy Spirit, God. And know that the, that the Holy Spirit is the healer and the comforter. And Father, you bring wholeness to these women. And Father, we thank you for each mom and for the struggles, for the praying of the mothers. Hallelujah. And Father, we thank you, Lord, for loving us enough to die on the cross and redeem us, Lord. Father, we thank you for, um, for Darren Patrick and what he's done in, the, in Christian circles and the books he's written and the ministry that he has put his hand to, Father. And Lord, we lift up their family. Lord, that they are, are their young children are, are understanding, and Father, that that widow is uh, being taken care of. And Father, we thank you for the Zacharias family and for Ravi and his books and his ministry in the earth. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that your healing power is surrounding his back. And Father, we, as many of us have been praying since we've heard the news, that we just curse that thing at the root. It has no place in that man's body. He is surrounded. It is trespassing in Ravi's body. And Lord, we take him back. And Father, we declare him healed and whole in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you for your word today, Lord, as you teach us about the comforter, the helper, the healer, Lord. And Father, as we learn about what it means to be filled with your Holy Ghost and the power that comes with it, we thank you, Lord. We love you, God. Now speak to each one of us. Teach us something we don't know. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody say, amen. Well, God bless you, mothers. Thank you, mothers. Thank you for uh, uh, being a part because it isn't easy. And uh, we just thank you today. So John 14 is kind of our text scripture today. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit in our lives. And... Um, Today, what does it mean to be filled? Uh, and we're going to detail the, um, the, the dual work of the Holy Spirit in the believer. And this is stuff, you, you know, you don't really hear a lot about it. You don't really hear how the dual working of the Holy Spirit operates in the believer. So uh, we're going to look at five cases in the book of Acts today. And we're going to look for specific things in there that we'll get to in a minute. Um, that really show us that there's more to, there, there's got to be more to being saved than just getting to heaven, right? So in John 14, verse 16, uh, we this are text scriptures for this whole series. And it says, verse 16, and I will pray, this is Jesus speaking a couple nights before. Uh, he says, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper, one of the same kind as Jesus, uh, that he may abide with you forever. Those words are important. He isn't going anywhere. He's not leaving. He will be with us forever. The spirit of truth. Now remember, Jesus is preparing these guys to leave and Jesus was their comforter. Jesus was their helper. Jesus was their spirit of truth, right? Now he's getting ready to leave. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him no, or, nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, circle that word with, and will be in you. Okay, well, we've been focusing this week and, and last week pretty much on those that, that last verse that says he dwells with you and will be in you. Okay, so if we remember back to Easter a couple of weeks ago, uh, well, a month now, um, Jesus is, is, he's died, he's crucified, he's crucified, died, buried, uh, and on the third day, Mary's at the tomb, right? And Mary's over there, she's trying to, to get the body ready for, you know, anoint it and cover it and do all the stuff that she does. And, and she, all of a sudden, there's somebody standing there and she doesn't recognize who it is. And Jesus says, Mary, it's me. And she goes to hug him and then he says, don't touch me. Okay, don't touch me. It's important because in John 20, later that day, Jesus shows up and he's he's hanging out with his 12 disciples and he walk, he shows up and he says, peace be with you. And, and they freak out. They're like, oh my gosh, it's him. 
And then he shows him his hands and his side. And, you know, it's a totally different situation. He's saying not to, you know, he's, he's not saying, don't touch me. Right. And he's and he's in their midst and he's showing them his hands and their side. And 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 it goes on in there in John 20. And it says that they were hiding for fear of the Jews. Right. They were they were afraid. The disciples, they just their whole mind just was blown and, and they didn't really understand what was happening. But all of a sudden, here's Jesus and they're hiding and they're afraid. It's important to realize that they are afraid. Right. So. Uh, later on in those verses, he's, we talked about this last week. This is why it's important to go back and, and pay attention, listen to every week so that uh, everything kind of makes sense, right? And then he breathes on his disciples and he says, receive the Holy Spirit, right? So it's important that we, we notice that he, he releases the Holy Spirit on them, which we're talking about. And there was a change that took place. In those 12 guys, or 11 guys, because they went from being afraid and scared, okay, to being, to boldly worshiping and praising God in the temple. Then it says they returned with great joy. Well, it's interesting that they returned with great joy because they're obviously born again. Okay, and and remember joy, if we read in Galatians 5, right? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control are all fruits of the Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit uh, is in us, when we're born again, it will produce one of those nine things, right? Or many of those nine things, depending on I would guess where you're at in your walk with God, right? So I believe, and we've been talking about this, that these disciples were born again at this moment, okay? So remember Romans 10, 9, the guidelines for being born again, um, you know, they have to confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus. Obviously, they're doing that. He's standing right in front of them and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Well, he's standing right there. So there's, there's um, the being born again hinges on two things, right? It's believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. And they did both of these, right? They called him Lord and he's standing in their midst, okay? That's important to know because I believe that these, these disciples that were with Jesus in that place were born again instantly at that time. And remember, in you and with you, Jesus told them days before this, that the Holy Spirit's coming, he will be in you and with you. I believe that be, when they were born again and Jesus breathed on them, it was in, the Holy Ghost was in them, all right? They believed in their heart, confessed with their mouth. They were born again at that point in time, okay? It's important to understand that because we're looking at the dual uh, work of the Holy Ghost. And then Jesus tells these guys, the same group, that uh, that to wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. Now, he just spent chapter 14, 15, 16 talking about the promise of the Father, right? So there's another work of the Holy Ghost that's going to take place because we see it in Acts 1.8. He says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, right? And you shall be witnesses to me, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the end of the earth, right? Now we could say this, that when the Holy Ghost comes upon us, we will, we will shall be powers, we shall be full of power, and we shall be witnesses in, in search your city, <laughs> you know, South Jordan, in Salt Lake County, in Utah, and the ends of the earth. Right, because the Holy Ghost is going to give us power to do those things, and He is to come. And there's a dual work with the Holy Spirit that's taking place, uh, you know, uh, with you and in you. And this work will abide forever, okay? And it's never going to end, it's never going to go away, and it's never going to stop. And, and I believe that's the the work of evangelism in the earth, it's never going to stop. It's never going to end. And we have been endued with power, right? And Jesus is telling the, these 12 to wait for the power. 
Well, one chapter later in Acts 2, uh, here, here comes the power, right? On the day of Pentecost, it fully come, and they were uh, in uh, one accord in one place, right? They were looking forward to something. They were waiting, and they were waiting, and they were praying, and they all believed the same thing. Imagine the church, if it could get to that point, right? Just get them, everybody to believe the same thing. And suddenly there came from heaven as of a Russian, rush, rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as fire, as of fire, as one sat a peach up upon each of them. And they were all, I want you to get that, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay, interesting that word utterance, right? Um, because it can be translated in different places, different things, okay? So the process continues, right? And this is glossera, glossia, glossia, right? This is that where we get the word glossary and language. They were speaking with other tongues, right? So they were waiting for the, the Holy Spirit in Jerusalem. The, the Holy Spirit arrives in Acts 2, right? And, and remember, they were commissioned to take the message of the gospel to the people. And, and when it came, you know, they weren't just breathed on where it was an inside work. Now the Holy Spirit has arrived and, and changed everything. It, it was, the, you know, he was telling them to wait for a power that they don't have yet. They, you know, they, they were indwelt. They weren't overflowing, okay? There's more to this Holy Spirit, he's saying. To the more to this helper, more to this comforter. There's a second part, a dual part to the Holy Spirit. And I've always heard my a pastor used to say, you know, when you're born again, it's like a glass of water and you can drink it and be, uh, you know, have the water in you. But being filled with the Spirit is like standing in the middle of the ocean. It's just an amazing amount of power and, 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 uh, you know, God that comes like upon you, right? If water's in you, the Holy Spirit, when it comes and you're filled, is all over you, okay? So five times in the book of Acts, uh, it's telling us about people being filled. And uh, we declare all the time at the Bridge Church that we are the book of Acts in action, all right? And this is post-resurrection, so it pertains to us. Okay, if we can see examples in this part of the Bible that's taking place, these examples we believe should be taking a place today, right? In the lives of the believers, right? So if we look and we just read in Acts chapter two, this would be number one, uh, the day of Pentecost. We, we have already discussed the how the Holy Spirit came. It was separate from salvation and it was an empowering or an indwelling of God's spirit on them, okay? So we'll call that number one. And there's two things I want you to look for in these scriptures today as we're going through this, okay? It might go a little fast, so uh, just write fast, right? <laughs> two things we wanna look for that are taking place. Uh, were the disciples or whoever we're gonna talk about here, were they saved beforehand, right? Showing the dual work of the spirit. And the second thing we want to look for, what is the evidence that they were being filled, right? I mean, obviously, like if you're saved or if you're born again, you're going to have evidence of the fruits of the Spirit in your life, right? Or you're supposed to, okay? <laughs> All right. So um, <laughs> however that looks for you, it should be functioning. You should, uh, I mean, a, a healthy tree produces fruit, right? However that looks, okay? So that's what we're going to look for. Right? Were they saved beforehand and what evidence is there of them being filled, right? So let's start in Acts chapter 8. Um, here's Philip, okay? Philip was not, uh, uh, he's non-apostolistic if you read it in books and want to be all complicated, which I love, right? He And, and neither was Stephen, right? These guys weren't a part of the original apostles. Uh, they were saved after, I want you to, to know that uh, Philip was an evangelist, right? He preached Jesus, right? And anytime you read in the word, they preached uh, the kingdom of God. They, reached, they preached uh, the word of God. They preached Jesus. All that's the gospel, 
okay? They were teaching Jesus, the gospel in action. So Acts chapter 8, I'm going to start in verse 5, okay? It says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. Right? Remember, this all started with the woman at the well, right? Verse 6, And the multitudes, multitudes, Jesus has been gone a while, and there's still multitudes, right? Um, he says, uh, he, he goes on here, The multitudes, and the multitudes with one accord heeded or listened to the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Interesting miracles, right? Then verse seven, for unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed lame and, and lame were healed. Interesting, it says many and doesn't say all. Right, And I think some people think the Holy Spirit's on me or in me and I can just go around and everybody will be healed. Everything will be great. Every hospital will be cleared out and we'll put a, put this, you know, COVID-19 to death. And well, that didn't work for Jesus because, it, you know, not everybody was healed, especially in his hometown. Right. So, you know, just <laughs> let God be God. Right. And he says that uh, there was, I want you to notice verse eight, okay? It says, and there was great joy in that city. So here's Philip, uh, the evangelist, preaching the word of God in this city. The miracles, signs, and wonders that he was preaching the gospel came. That was the trigger to attract people, okay? That's the trigger to attract people. Remember, we're in the book of Acts. These things should still be happening because the book of Acts, the chapter 29 is us right here. You, me, everybody. This is still happening or should be happening, right? Then look at verse nine. All right, we're going to hustle through this. It says, but there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery or magic in the city and astonished the people of Samaria claiming that he was someone great. Here's just a little check mark, right? Put in your notebook. If somebody is declaring to be somebody great, uh, probably ought to just say, uh, yeah, thank you, but back away slowly. Verse 10, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying this man is the great power of God. Talking about the magician, right? And they heeded him because he had astonished them with sorceries for a long time. This again is, if you're paying a tr uh, attention to the attributes and character and nature of God, you're going to be able to see right through those things. Look at verse 12. Then, uh, but when they believed Philip, okay, so they're saved. If they believed Philip and Philip was preaching the word, they're saved. He is, uh, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized, right? There's an equation that goes in here for all you math people who, who love this. And I'm going to show it to you in a minute, right? So I want you to notice, uh, like last week, the word of God was preached by Philip, okay? Uh, actually, first, miracles and signs and wonders are taking place. Philip's preaching the gospel, right? Talking about Jesus, People believed, okay, the name of Jesus was being preached in the name of God, and then baptism took place, right? Then verse 13, then Simon himself also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed, seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Philip's preaching and miracles and signs and wonders are accompanying those things. So we see the gospel in action. All right, this is the, the, um, the equation I was talking about. Verse 14. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, right? There must be a heck of a revival going on in Utah. Oops, I mean Samaria, that Peter and John all the way from Jerusalem hear what's going on. Then at verse 15, he says, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. That's interesting. These people were saved before Peter and John even got there. It must be a heck of a revival going on for those guys to have to come. They're major players. Would you agree? Right? So he says, for as yet, verse 16, 
He, capital H, talking about the Holy Spirit, had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. They've been baptized in water, okay? But they don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, laying on of hands is an important uh, ministry in the church. It's a transference that takes place when that happens. Uh, number one reason why I wanted to hold this series until we got back together, but God said go. So I'm going to virtually lay hands on you tonight at, today at the end of this service. So notice that these people, Peter or uh, uh, Philip was preaching the gospel. People got saved. Miracle signs and wonders taking place, right? They were baptized in the name of Jesus in water. Then... Then uh, Peter and John show up, right? And they, they show up and they lay hands on them. Then the Holy Spirit comes. Again, we're looking at the dual work of the Holy Ghost here. So we can prove this out, right? Remember um, in 1 Peter um, 1, 23, that, that we are born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed through the word of God. So we are, the word of God is preached. People are saved. Miracle signs and wonders are taking place. People are being baptized. This is the church in action taking place right here in Acts chapter 8. They, and, and people were saved. Then Peter and John show up and they preach the Holy Spirit to them. And then uh, they, the uh, Holy Spirit comes on. They lay hands on them and, and the Holy Spirit shows up. Uh, it, it's imperative that we understand that there's a process, okay? And there's things taking place. And then in this was uh, direct fulfillment of uh, Acts 1-8, right? With the power coming and miracle signs and wonders following, okay? So uh, if we keep going, look at, at verse... Um, Uh, look at uh, these these scriptures. We can understand the process and how things work. Now, in in verse seventeen and eighteen, skip down there that they laid hands on them. Then uh, verse eighteen, and when Simon saw that though through the laying on of hands, the uh, laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given. He offered them money. Right? Remember, he's he's not thinking straight. And this would be a great example of how not to have uh, <laughs> having people and, and trying to be working under the, the power of the Holy Spirit and they're wanting money, okay? So my evidence in this case would have to be, why does Simon want to buy this power with money? It must have been evident what was taking place here. I mean, it must have been clear that, that the Holy Spirit was happening because he wanted to buy it. And remember, I always call the Holy Spirit the uh, um, tangible God. He can see what's happening. Miracles, signs, and wonders taking place. There's proof that they're saved. And there's a second occurrence of the Holy Spirit, so much so that Simon wanted to, to purchase this power for financial gain. It's clear that you can see the dual work of the Holy Spirit. Now, turn over to Acts chapter 10, a couple pages to the right, right? Uh, this is 10 years. Acts chapter 10 is uh, uh, 10 years after uh, Acts chapter 2, after the Pentecost. This is 10 years later, okay? And we're going to talk about Cornelius, who, um, you know, Cornelius is uh, an interesting individual, um, he's not even saved, right? He's a Roman. He's part of the um, uh, a centurion, a part of the Italian regiment, right? So he's not even saved, <laughs> right? And he's sent out um, to, uh, the, the Bible says this in verse 4, chapter 10, verse 4, he says, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Talk about storing up treasure in heaven, right? He's not even saved and he's praying. Or it doesn't say that he's saved. He obviously must believe something if he's praying. Uh, so he, he's, he's saying these things and he's sent out. Then we talk about Peter's vision. And this is the one where three times the sheet comes down and the animals are in the sheet. And uh, Peter, thinking on the, the law of Moses mentality, old school mentality still, 
is uh, is God saying, you know, don't call what I call clean unclean. And Peter's mentality is, you know, I'm not eating these things. It's not the way I do it. And then uh, God tells Peter to go out and meet this dude Cornelius. And uh, he goes out the next day. They run in, they, they come together and Cornelius falls down before Peter and Peter picks him up and says, I'm just a man. You know, don't, you don't have to do that to me. I'm nobody special. Nice trait there. Humility, right? So he, he picks him up and, and, and they, they meet together and Cornelius tells him that I had this dream. I'm supposed to come and meet you. Well, let's pick this up in verse 34. Well, verse 33, um, it says, so I sent to you immediately and you have done well to come right now therefore we are all present before god to hear all things commanded you by god right this is cornelius talking to peter then peter okay here he goes opened his mouth and said in truth i perceive that god shows no partiality right god honors no man right nobody's above or below in verse 35 he says but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace. Uh-oh, there's a fruit of the Spirit right there. Through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout Judea, began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, right? Peter's kind of going back here and talking about this, right? Remember, this is 10 years later, how a God anointed, listen to this, okay? This is, this is why Jesus came, okay? Verse 38, he says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, again, together, Holy Spirit and power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed, by the devil for God was with him and then verse 39 he says we are all witnesses of these things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem who were killed by hanging on a tree all right so jump over to verse 44 and he says this while Peter was speaking this words right Peter's in Cornelius's house there and they're preaching Peter is preaching Speaking these words, look at what happens. The Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. So here again is Peter. Again, if we're going to look at the equation, uh, Peter is preaching the word of God. How can anybody hear the word of God unless somebody is sent? Uh, then the Holy Spirit begins to fall on them. And then uh, they begin, uh, uh, verse 45 he says, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles, you know, for they heard them speaking with tongues and magnified God. And Peter answered. So here we are. They're saved. Peter's preaching the word. They're saved. Miracle signs and wonders following. Uh, the Holy Spirit falls and they speak with tongues. You can see the dual work of the uh, of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in action. Acts 19, number four, right? The fourth occurrence. This is 20 years after Pentecost, okay? 20 years after Pentecost. Let's look at verse one. And it happened. Now, this is the Apostle Paul, right? And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, right? This is the church that he planted, uh, Timothy was the there, pastor there, and finding some disciples. This is before that, okay? So uh, Paul's passing through, and he comes to Ephesus, and he runs into believers. He's like, what are you guys doing here, right? And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit? This is a picture of, our, of the church in action around the world. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. They didn't even know about it. How are they supposed to, like a lot of us, if we don't understand the dual work of the Holy Spirit, you're missing half of all of life, right? And these believers at Ephesus had no clue what was happening, right? 
So here, here, here's the, let's keep going, okay? The dual work is uh, is happening right here. And the question is, uh, have you received? So verse three, and he said to them, unto what were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Again, the word of God, believe baptism in water, okay? Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people, that they should believe on him who should come after him on Jesus Christ. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So here they are, they're, they're believers. They heard the word, they believed, they were baptized. Now Paul's saying, you should be baptized. They baptized again, verse five, verse six. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Important that they prophesy. So we can see they're meeting the criteria for salvation. They believed, they were baptized. Paul speaks to them. The word lays hands on them, transference again. They were filled. They spoke with tongues and prophesied. They saved, they were saved and filled with the spirit. And here's the thing. They had no idea about the second part or the dual work of the Holy Spirit. It's important. Most of us Probably unless you've been in a spirit-filled church, you will never hear of the second part of the Holy Spirit. And that is the most important part. So here's the equation. It looks like this. The word brings salvation, right? So you're saved. Then comes baptism in water. Then the Holy Spirit brings power. And it's the Acts church in, act, in action. Then, because you're filled with that power, miracles, signs, and wonders follow the Bible says, right? One more real quick, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, Acts 5, or Acts 9, back to Acts 9. This is the Apostle Paul's conversion. You're, you're probably sitting at home, all you theologians going, he passed right over Paul's conversion. Well, not so much. Acts 9, right? Verse 1, here's Paul, the Apostle, then we still saw, then breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that any found that if he found any who were of the way, uh, that meant that were believers, whether men or women might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Remember, Paul's whacking everybody. He's just, you know, he's on a mission, right? And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly, love that suddenly in the word suddenly a light shone around him from heaven he fell to the ground hearing a voice saying to him Saul Saul why are you persecuting me interesting phrase right there isn't it interesting that sometimes we can get a little focused inside uh we can get a little focused on us when realistically uh you know Jesus is the one being persecuted and then uh, you know, we take it on us and thinking, Lord, why are you doing this? Or why are you allowing this? It's like, you know, the persecution is on Jesus. It's not on us. Okay. Uh, it's interesting that, that Jesus is telling Paul, you're persecuting me. You know, when the church is persecuted, they're persecuting Jesus. When they're nullifying the word of God, they're nullifying Jesus' words, not our words, Jesus' words. It's important. Then he said, verse five, who are you, Lord? Notice capital L, Lord. Uh, he's calling him Lord. He doesn't even know. He just got knocked down, right? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. A goat is a stick that they would pride, prod oxen with and push him along, a sharp stick. And here, here's like kicking against him. So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said to him, Arise, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Okay? So here's Saul cruising to Damascus to collect up some Christians and, and whack them. Uh, you know, Jesus shows up. Isn't it amazing? Wouldn't you wish that Jesus would just show up and, and, and just straighten some people out like Paul here? Right? So he says, why are you persecuting me? Then he gives them uh, an idea what to do. Now, if we jump down, it goes past that he sent to go to the city and talk to this dude named Ananias. Um, Ananias is, is told clearly in a vision what to do. And Ananias is like, yeah, no, I don't want to deal with Saul of Tarsus. He's kind of a jerk. He persecutes and kills Christians, which I am. And, and luckily, 
you know, it's interesting if we look through and studied through obedience to what Jesus tells people or what God tells people in the Old Testament, right? And just being obedient, the blessing and the life change for billions of people after that take place. What if Ananias would have said, no, nah, I'm going to sit here and watch a game, man. I ain't going out there. That dude's crazy. But here he does. And look at verse 17. Ananias ends up and goes and meets Paul and, and can see him in his uh, weak state. Uh, and he, he grabs him up and he takes him. And in verse 17, he says, Ananias went his way, entered the house, laying his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight. Right? There's miracle signs and wonders and be filled, filled with the Holy Spirit. It's important to note that obviously if uh, you got knocked off a horse and all of a sudden Jesus was standing there before you in a bright light, I would tend to believe you're going to believe that case, right? He calls him Lord so, and, and then he gets filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, it doesn't say here that he spoke in other tongues, but we can look at 1 Corinthians 14 about verse 18 that where Paul says to the church in Corinth, uh, I speak in tongues more than you all. So we can see Paul qualifies as being saved. We can see the dual uh, working of the Holy Spirit in this. Uh, it's clear they're, they're saved and they're filled. And uh, I, I like to say filled. I don't like to say baptized with the Holy Spirit because that just creates confusion, right? Because there's three, uh, we, the Bible talks about three separate different types of baptism. There's obviously uh, the baptism in water, John's baptism that we read about. Uh, that's an evidence of an inner change and an outer doing of, of pro professing Jesus outright. Um, that's not salvation. That doesn't have anything to do with salvation. That's an act after. Uh, the Bible also talks about, the Apostle Paul talks about being baptized into the family of God or baptized into Jesus, talking about the church, just meaning, you know, we're no longer a part of the world. We belong to the family of God. That's why I always say, you know, you can't go against the family, right? You can't get out. You're in. Once you're in, you're in. And then it talks about being filled with the Spirit or some uh, people call it baptized with the Holy Holy Spirit. But I'd rather say filled. Uh, and I think because if you say baptized, there's an impression maybe like uh, I've got something you don't have and I'm better than you type of an impression. Uh, it's the same spirit. It's just a fullness of it, right? And, uh, you know, it's sad that some people start, are still waiting. Um, and, uh, you know, like Jesus said in Acts 1, uh, you know, going to Jerusalem and wait, uh, the waiting's over. Uh, it's available to all of us. And here's the thing about this whole filling, this second part of the Holy Ghost that we're going to talk about for three more weeks. And that's, you can receive it right? That's all you have to do is receive it today. Just receive it. I mean, we have the Holy Spirit at, at salvation and we produce, you know, love, joy, peace, long suffering, you know, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, all those things. That's a production of being saved, right? But the second filling, the second filling comes with power and it comes with power to, to uh, produce the gospel, out of your mouth and then the equation comes into effect and but here's the problem with the power i think sometimes people hear tongues and they flip out right and it, it's it's the focus ends up on the tongues and not the spirit listen is tongues evidence of being filled with the holy ghost yes is it absolutely necessary not to this guy not to me i don't see it as absolutely being necessary but my question would be why not right and uh, i think for some of us you know me included there's there's the weird and crazy that you see um you know maybe there's been you know people who have mistaken this and, and blown it up you know and and uh they they shy away we all listen we all shy away from what we don't understand right? We don't understand something. We're going to be like, eh, but that's why we're teaching this series. God never, write this down someplace, put it on your fridge. God never forces you to do anything. 
okay? This is, everything that God comes with is a benefit. This power is a benefit and it benefits everybody else. We saw Peter get filled uh, the, after Jesus was raised in, Acts, in John 20. Then we see him at the day of Pentecost get filled with power. He turned around, went right out. 3,000 got saved. 5,000 got saved. That's a gang of people because of the power, right? And that power benefits other people, right? This in me helps me produce the fruits of the Spirit. On me helps everybody else around me. God never forces you to do stupid things. Never sounds you to, never makes you to look stupid, I want you to focus on your salvation and what you believe. Because it's not what I believe. You interpret the word of God and all these examples, all five of them, and tell me that there's not a dual work of the Holy Spirit. And God will never make you look stupid. It says in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 32, he says, And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets, for God is not, not the author of confusion, but of peace. There's another fruit of the Spirit as in all churches of the saints. God will never make you look stupid, right? Tongues are the key to the power. They're the entrance of the power of God into your spirit, right? You, when you're speaking in tongues, we'll talk about this next time, that the speaking in tongues is your spirit speaking to God, the spirit, right? This is how we express ourselves, right? That's where God lives. It talks mysteries. We speak mysteries. We speak uh, uh, all kinds of different things. It's your spirit, your inner man, your heart speaking directly to God. Amen. So the Holy Spirit in our life helps us understand the word of God. And when you get this power, man, it just blows everything up. You start, these words start jumping off the page. The music that you're hearing in your heart just lifts and, you know, the tears come. Listen, I never cried until I got saved and the Holy Spirit got involved. I messed up everything. I was crying all the time. Still am most of the time, right? So it, it helps us amplify the word of God, brings us guidance, brings us strength to endure. It com he comforts. He's our counselor. He's our advocate, like a lawyer in a courtroom. When we're in trouble, he intercedes for us. Why wouldn't you want these things, right? And uh, I heard somebody say many years ago, don't even think about doing church without the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm going to say, don't even think about doing this life without the Holy Ghost, right? He brings uh, um, a knowing and a peace and a, a life that's that when things happen in your life, it's not like getting hit in the face with a baseball bat. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, God's got this. He's in you and he's with you. Now go and make disciples. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, for your spirit that you sent to us. Thank you, Father, that it's in us and with us. And Father, for those of us that are empowered with the power of the Holy Ghost, we thank you, Father. And Father, I pray that you, we can ramp up this power in this time of COVID-19 and just preach your gospel from the mountaintops. And Father, we thank you, Lord, for who you are, for what you've done, for, for bringing us through this thing as champions. For Father, for putting five scriptures in our pouch to be able to take on any giant and knock down anything that's in our path. And Lord, you said it wasn't going to be easy, but Father, we declare you as Lord and we focus on you and you alone. And we thank you, Father, that you are God in our lives. Now quickly, just before we go, in Jesus' name, if you want to receive this second filling of the Holy Ghost, I want you to do this. Just put your hands out like this and close your eyes. And just say this with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I receive your Holy Spirit right now. I receive the Holy Spirit into my life right now with power and authority and wisdom and knowledge and comfort and strength. All these things, God. I thank you, Father, for filling me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Now just say, I receive it. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Thanks for watching today. God bless you. May the Lord keep you. May his face shine upon you and bring you peace through this day. Happy Mother's Day. God bless every mother out there. We love you. We look forward to seeing you. See you soon. See you Wednesday night. I'm Logos. God bless you. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the South Jordan, West Jordan, Harriman, or Riverton area, we would love for you to come and engage with us at our weekend gathering at the Daybreak Community Center in Daybreak, which is attached to South Jordan. For directions, service time, and information about our fabulous children and student environments, head over to thebridgelive.org for information, and we'll see you next time.